Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from San Luis Obispo. That's right, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andrew Ruther. You're you're in one of my favorite areas of. Is that still considered Southern California? Uh Central Coast, I believe. Okay. I would say I would say it's considered the Central Coast. Gotcha. Um, Andy, I got to start out with a couple of PSAs before we get this show going. Okay. Uh, first of all, August 25th of the Hollywood Improv Lab, Joe Prano and acquaintances, Lachlan Patterson, Nate Craig, uh, Sam Goldstein, who I'm here in San Luis Obispo doing shows with, uh, Mary Romeo, special guests, TBD. Uh, come check it out. Uh, tickets are currently on sale on improv.com. I posted the link on my Twitter, on my Instagram, on all the things. Go to JoePrano.com for shows. Um, so let's get that out of the way. Also, and there's going to be dirt balls who hear this and are like, but not me. And I'm like, yes, you. I'm, I'm just going to say this once and for all for every single dirt ball involved. There are dirt balls that I text message over the years. There are dirt balls who I've become friends with over the years that is something different dirt balls do not ever call my phone i don't care who you are first of all if you've ever called my phone andy knows this my voice message is literally about how i will never answer anybody's call and i will text you back dirt balls never fucking call me ever don't call me do not call my phone. So, some dirt ball who is not somebody that I've exchanged tax messages with is not somebody that I've met in real life called me today. Dirt balls, do not call my phone. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. <laughs> have a great rest of this episode. Don't fucking call me. Yeah. And same goes for me as far as there's dirt balls I've become friends with. We've exchanged numbers. We text, we call, you know, that's different. This sounds like someone you don't know gave you a ring. I get that my number is out there and available. If you work hard enough to find it just in general, if you're not calling a business, don't just like find someone's number on the internet and call them. Every dirt ball, you know, there's a couple dirt balls that I would say I'm friends with at this point. You know, I'm certainly friends with our former interns. I'm certainly friends with guys who have been supporting the show for a long time that I've hung out with in person. And then they'll text message me, you know, and even that, to be totally honest with you, it's like sometimes I'm like, all right, well, I don't need to know what you had for fucking breakfast. Thanks for reaching out to your favorite podcast host and telling him, but like, do not call my phone. I just want to say that's what today's Monday episode is about. Do not call me, especially if I don't have your number and then I answer. I'm expecting a business call and I answer some. Is this Joe? No chill. 
is this some kid whose ass I'm going to fucking kick if I ever meet him for calling me on a Monday morning? I will cave your teeth in, dude. Are you, Do you not s- call my phone. I think you said, are you worried? Are you worried for your safety? You sound a little like you're you well, dude, loud. I've gone through a lot of shit recently. Yeah, with I know. Like, the shit that's been going on, people getting in contact with me. I've been threatened by dirt balls in the past who have told me they know my address. They're going to fucking do whatever. That's why we stopped giving my address to dirt balls. Now, listen, CT who's hooked me up with a million rental cars wants to send me a minor league baseball hat. Yeah, cool. I'll give you my address, you know, but I'm not giving my address. Hey man, where are you in LA? If I come visit, you'll never know, dude. So like, we're, we're a little different in that regard. Like, you know, I obviously have met many dirt balls, especially when I lived in Venice. I gave out the old smut studio address. Yeah. I'm and how many, how many, how many dirt balls have I met in Venice? Hey, let's meet at the, let's meet at the muscle beach. Let's meet at the hoops course courts. Like let's, let's go. I'll meet you at this bar. It's not like I'm. Not, I haven't met people out. Sure. Well, look. It's just. I think what you're trying to say is we obviously know it's a fine line. We cross the line a lot, like I do, and I'm all about meeting you guys. I know there's no show without the dirt ball, so we're both very grateful for that. You're just saying, don't you cross wanna, that line. I mean, also, if you want to meet me, come to a show. Yeah. I, I, like, I mean. We could have we could have an endless Reddit page uh, post about dirtballs who have met me for shows and us drinking after and the hijinks that we got into and the shots and the strip clubs and the whatever. Like we have an endless amount of stories about going out. I mean, Zach Olmstead was there and then left, and I met the entire women's UCLA soccer team. We went. We had a one-handed stripper in ball state we had like dude we've got fucking stories we tried to sneak mata into you know the bar at city field when he was like 17 we had dirt balls you know showing up at your parents lawn and cooking hot dogs like we've hung out with you guys if i haven't met you do not call my telephone do not send something to my address because that's if if like i've just been threatened by too many fucking people and I've had too many personal things where it's like, yo, just like if you're trying to be boys with me, that is not the way to do it. Well, on a safety, anyway, just wanted to get that out yeah, of the way. On a safety note, I am not being held hostage in case anybody watching this is concerned. I know I have a blank space in the background. I need to set up a lot of things in the new house. And obviously I'm recording the first episode, the first ever episode in the new house. I have been doing it in my parents' old house, which is now my brother's house. Anyway, I'm not being held hostage. I just need to decorate. That's good. Because honestly, some of the some of the combos I've had with dirt balls lately, I'm like, they would hold you hostage. Me? Why would they hold I mean, me just, hostage? Because you're the same the same thing. Dude, I mean, listen. Fans are crazy. <laughs> Yeah, people are crazy for sure. The guy but, who tried to, to try the guy who tried to kill Ronnie Ronald Reagan was like a Jody Foster fan, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously, what happened to John Lennon? It's 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 why like I don't know. People were wild 
I mean, I'm sure you saw that thing that happened in Texas at the youth football game. Yeah. It's just awful. It's just absolutely awful. Like where we're at. And the suspect is Aqib Tlaib's brother. Really? You see that? No, I did not see that. He's wanted. He's the guy who murdered the coach, supposedly. That's, that's bananas. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Youth sports is out of control. People take that shit way too seriously. Dude. And he just signed on to join the Thursday night football team, Aqib Tlaib. Yeah. I mean, someone's dead now over youth sport. Like, I hate to bring up just downer news, but man, what is wrong with people? A lot. Like, it's just sports. Everyone's so angry. And it's funny because I was just talking to Chris Wilde about this. He was at a, bas- uh, a, like a basketball tournament for his kid in Vegas, and then, like apparently a fight broke out on the court and whatever. And I'm like, dude, your kid's 10 or whatever. Like if yeah. you're taking youth sport, like I have news for parents out there. Literally nothing your child does in sports matters before high school. Sure. Not one fucking thing. I agree. Not a, not a, not a single thing in, in sports. You are not like until you're full grown essentially, or until you've grown to the point where you're like almost adult, like it doesn't matter. You could be the best basketball player ever. in a, as a freshman in high school, you could be like the world's greatest freshman. If you're five, eight, they'll, they'll be like, call us when he's six, three. Well, I think the, pro- I think the problem too, with you sports now is I was just having this conversation. I was actually texting with wild because we were we we're talking about his boy and, and how much or, you know, he's like 12 or 13 now and how it's like year round. And I think it was with him. I was texting or if not, I was talking with somebody how now these kids are focused on one sport year round. So dumb. I would argue it's better to be more rounded and have the kid play a lot of sports. And then like you're saying, once they get to a certain age, Hey, I want to focus on basketball. I want to focus on baseball, whatever it is. There is that that's a very modern thing too of like I would say in the last 15 to 20 years of sports specialization and they've actually done studies and they've done they've like looked at thing it's like you're way better off playing multiple sports. Sure. Look but I'm saying look at all look at all these athletes. Look at look at even like so if you look at LeBron, I think he played football through at least sophomore year, maybe junior year of high school. You look at Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Larkin. Those guys played football and basketball like through high school along yeah. with baseball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look how they turned out. I'm just, I'm just saying that's not that long ago. A lot of these guys did that. I just don't understand. You're going to decide at 10 that your kid is going to solely focus on basketball or soccer or whatever. I don't understand it. Yeah. Don't you want them more rounded? Now, I do think it comes to a point if a kid doesn't want to play. I think you know early. Yeah. And I noticed that last year, even the fourth grade, coaching the fourth grade. There was kids. I, I, I It sucked because it's like they don't want to be here. You're old enough, I think, in the fourth grade. Find something they do want to do, whether that's sports or another extracurricular, whatever it is. I think at that point, 9, 10, they are old enough to decide. But – 
the idea that you're going to focus on one sport at that young of an age, it's not going to make you as well-rounded. Yeah, for sure. I've been watching the Jeter doc. Yeah. And speaking of well-rounded and different sports, I've been watching it and something that keeps coming to mind. And I don't know if it's because it's so hot. It's Hollywood and everything's glamorized and obviously they make it more appealing, but I feel like baseball and especially seeing that doc, I'm reminded of those classic Red Sox, Yankees playoffs, or just the intensity of some of the playoffs. I just feel like baseball doesn't have that anymore. Is that just me or am I just caught in the moment? I mean, I think it's a combo of both. I think that Again, and this is, I, I I feel like, I feel like I was so traumatized by it that I actually blocked it out because I know, like I said, that we talked about it, and yet I have acted this whole season like I didn't know it, like the extra wild card team now, and we're not that long removed from the two wild card teams. It's like things are always going to be less intense. The like, the more you like make them like the the bigger you make uh, like wild card teams. Now we've obviously argued for expanded playoffs in the super in uh, college football, and we all love March Madness, but there's a hundred and thirty college football teams and a hundred and however many college basketball teams. It's like a totally different thing, but this. Suddenly, 12 teams in Major League Baseball of 30 are going to be in the playoffs. It's too, that's too much. So, like, yeah, in those, in back in those days when you were like, okay, uh, you know, obviously the Yankees and the Red Sox, prior to there being a wild card, both of them couldn't make it. But, Going into I'm not not even talking about that, Joe. I'm talking like, but I just think that it makes for more intense. Yeah, I'm talking early 2000s. What's what's crazy for me when I when I watch this documentary is, and I know you get busier as you get older and things happen and life gets you. But my point is, I'm going down memory lane, which I like. It was, it's nice watching this documentary to say, I know exactly, I can tell you right now, exactly where I was when Aaron Boone hit that home run. Yeah. I know exactly. I, 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 know I exa- think that's a combo of Yankees, Red Sox. I think that's probably a combo of your age at the time. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I and know exactly also, where I and was. And also, like I said, it's like, you know, you don't get, you're not getting to the playoffs and being like, oh, I had to sit through this two game series and this three game series and this five game series just to get to, the ALCS. And, and the same goes for Roger Clemens and Mike Piazza when all that went down in the World Series. And the yeah. same thing goes for Pedro throwing Zimmer on the ground. All three of those, I was like, okay, I was sitting in this room. I was at this bar. I knew exactly where I was. And then I started to think, okay, the last, I don't know. How many years of baseball playoffs? I don't know if I could tell you on a lot of them. There's some I could exactly where I was when this thing happened. 
I, I have a I have another Jeter documentary hot take. Let's hear it. The Yankees have essentially been spiraling since the Jeter doc. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. G- Jeter doc happened uh, at the, started during the All Star break. I believe the Yankees swept a Royal series, but otherwise they lost the se- they've they I mean they've been bad. They've been, th- th- their their season has come undone since the All-Star break. Jeter they were the best curse? they were the best team in baseball. I know this G- the Jeter doc is probably the best doc ever and it's going to be a 99% you know vote for the Academy Award and that uh, listen six episodes the longevity alone we have to talk about how great it is the longevity right eight the longevity but is jeter once again undoing the yankees just going too long it's just too long just like jeter's career yeah it started off great and then eight episodes hanging around too long now hurting the yankees Well, I think it's always interesting, the players that stick around too long and the guys who know when to call it quit. Yeah. And the guys who, like, it's very similar to what Kobe did. Kobe stuck around way too long. And he wasn't helping the Lakers. And and that's the thing is, you know what? You can talk about, I mean, here's the thing about Kobe. When it comes to Kobe, Kobe fans are, Straight up delusional. He was a selfish basketball player. To look back at Kobe Bryant in any regard besides ball hogging, selfish, me first, has to be the star basketball player. Now, you can say that turned into five championships for the Lakers. Fine. You can say that. But to look back like retroactively and not say Kobe Bryant was a selfish person is delusional straight up delusional you have mental illness if you don't if you don't if your attitude toward kobe bryant isn't selfish guy jeter you look at it this guy throughout his career you know he's got different things but the but the truth of the of the matter is Derek jeter stuck around too long at the end to compile more hits to have his farewell tour. I know he got hurt and he didn't want to go out on a hurt season. And so he came back, but between the sticking around just to move up the hit list, the sticking around just to have a farewell tour and then not moving positions for a way better player who comes to town. He might not have been start to finish a selfish guy like Kobe, but there's that's in there. I mean, the, the not moving, and I don't want to, you know, harp on because we we obviously have harped on this. Hard. The not moving positions is the, the 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 notion when you watch the documentary that he doesn't want to move because what guy wouldn't want to do that? And you have to have confidence in yourself. That's just a bunch of garbage. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses. I have gone down the a, a, ultimate captain. The see, ultimate see, like, yeah, I, I don't, buy, I don't buy into that. And and obviously, he was he was great in the postseason. He was he was phenomenal. He was amazing. And and I don't want to take any of that away. But 
man, I went down some rabbit holes looking at those rosters and looking at those years. Everything A-Rod, and A-Rod's a bitch, in my opinion, for, for in a way, backtracking what he said lately and whatever. It's like, dude, you were, you were right. Those lineups, you, you, just, you just can't deny it. Those line, You look at, and I'll just pick one year. Obviously, there's four years. If you look at that 98 Yankees lineup, and I did, and I pulled it up because that was arguably the most stacked team. That 98 team was so good. If you look at that lineup, one through nine, it, I mean, it's like when you're, when you're batting around those guys and the seasons that they had, especially in 98, it's a lot easier to fit it's in. A lo- it's a lot easier. And it's also, you know, even this, even this thing is like, you can't take away Derek Jeter's accomplishments, even in the playoffs. But you got this guy hitting first, you got this guy hitting second, and then you have these, again, every year they go out to get that big free agent slugger, whoever it is, whoever it is, and they quickly move on from him for the next biggest guy. And they do the same thing with their pitchers, is you're not pitching around Derek Jeter to get to Tino Martinez, who was second in the MVP vote the year before. You're not pitching around Derek Jeter to get to A-Rod. You're not pitching around Derek Jeter to get to any of these guys because he's a, he's a singles hitter and these guys are MVP candidates. Yeah. There has to be a part of you with the Yankees. Meanwhile, the David Ortiz, probably the best postseason stats ever, precisely the guy you would pitch around. Yeah. I was about to say, there has to be a part of you, though, the Yankees falling right now that's worried, right? Because the Mets have won 17 to 20. The Yankees are really struggling. A part of you that thinks, man, does this almost set up another postseason Mets failure and then the Yankees turn it around in the postseason? Oh, I'm not worried about that at all. Really? That's not part of my that's not part of my thought process right now. First of all, I don't give a shit about the Yankees. Like the Yankees can do whatever the Yankees want. Obviously, I'm not I root against the Yankees winning a World Series, but like I don't care what I don't care if the Yankees finish first in the AL East. I don't care if they finish a wild card. I don't give a shit. Like they're the least of my problems. Mets have a four-game series in Atlanta starting today. Mets have two Mets have the two best pitchers in any series that they will play, provided they're both healthy. I'm worried about the health of Jacob DeGrom, the health of Max Scherzer. I'm worried about running away from the Braves, running away from the Phillies. I'm worried about getting to the playoffs healthy and being like, love our chances. Yankees are going to bring Nestor the molester to the, uh, to the ballpark to face Jacob DeGrom. Good night and good luck. And the same thing, same thing goes for the Dodgers. I'm looking at the, this Dodgers season. This Dodgers team is so damn good. What was it like being in New York in that Subway series in 2000? I was at game three. I watched the Derek Jeter leadoff homer. You watched it. You were there. Yes. But what, what, is, what is the... because it, rem- it was insane to see the Baja men perform before that game. Yeah, why? Why did they book the Baja man? Because that's the, the most Mets, Mets thing be, ever. Be, well, that's that's the and old he, Mets. And here's what I'm trying to say. Here's why I hate. 
surprise, surprise. We we played the Phillies this this weekend. We took two out of three from Philly. What game did we lose? The Friday game in the black jerseys. It was a shitty era of Mets baseball that was marred by epic failures, epic collapses, shitty ownership, trash promotional decisions. Let's have them play Who Left the Dogs Out. Dude, when that song's happening, you know it's a novelty song. You know what I mean? That's the equivalent of having Chumba Wumba play your fucking thing. Like, we all knew that this song was a fucking joke and the Mets haven't played. That, that's why whenever the Mets put on those black uniforms, I'm like, what era are we throwing back to? The Baja Men era? The era where we would blow division leads in the last seven games of the season? What's crazy is that series I did forget. Well, I remember the energy. I remember how excited I was as a baseball fan that the first time ever you have the two New York teams playing. And that was exciting. But I forgot how close all those games were, man. Well, dude, I mean, the first the first game, I mean, it's, it's like. The first know. how many games were decided by one run? First yeah, two or then, the first three? Yeah, the, fir- the first two, the first game, I believe it was game one where you had the Todd Zeal ball off the top of the wall. Timo, Timo Perez doesn't fucking run, all that. I mean, I don't know if they covered that in the doc. I haven't watched that far, but. All that stuff. It's like they, they go on the Baja. That was pretty. Derek Jeter is actually pretty funny about that. He that's what he's yeah. saying. It's like the Baja men. Like that's when we knew as a team. Like like how serious can we take these guys? It's amazing me because like uh, you know I'm a uh, again I'm not a Derek Jeter hater. I'm a Derek Jeter truther as I am about most athletes. You're a and Derek Jeter hater. Come on. No, I I hate that people like overrate him so much. But what's amazing is like never a big home run, and then. To like almost as like a stab to my throat. Like I see the one big Derek Jeter postseason Homer. I'm in there for it. I'm all hyped up. I go, what's to the, the what's the vibe of New York city during that world series during that world series. I like, mean, it was, did, did everyone like, like I know the Mets were underdogs, but obviously the Mets, again, those games were mostly also close. Yeah. But we were the underdogs. I mean, their pitching was so much better than ours. And, you know, they're, they're the team that's winning World Series all the time. But yeah. Rod- Roger Clemens in that time. And then, and then again, not to, yeah. And then again, to go back to that, it's like the, the heart and soul and the guy who's the, the, you know, maybe the best offensive player in the whole series, Mike Piazza. And you got <laughs> getting drilled in the skull, bats being thrown at him. Have you and, have you seen how they how they light Roger Clemens in the Jeter doc? No, dude, he looks like a like a villain in a movie. The way yeah. they light him and the way he talks, just the lighting they do different for Roger Clemens, it's terrifying. Like that guy roided up, and he still he still in the doc. He still is claiming he thought that was a that was a baseball that he was whipping. Which still doesn't make sense. So you thought a baseball came back to you, and you and instead threw, of throwing it to first base, you threw it at the guy who hit it. Yeah, you threw the baseball at the batter. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, you literally should be charged. Like dude, I was watching with my girlfriend, and you know she's seen none of this, so it's so funny. And again, I remember. I can tell you where I was at when that happened. I was sitting in my dorm room freshman year at St. Louis University. 
on lower level Walsh was the floor I lived on. I remember watching that happen and being like, is this real? I'm 18 years old at the time. Is this, did, did he whip a, a bat, the shard of a bat? And we we're laughing the other day watching this. She's like, dude, that's like a, I'm like, yeah, it's a deadly weapon. Dude. So you remember the, this, the earlier in that the Mets are in a series with the Braves. And that's when the whole Jeff Perlman, former guest of the show article about John Rocker comes out that, Oh, he was on the seven train full of AIDS patients and whatever, like just the fucking trashiest racist, most ridiculous interview of all time gets published. So when I went to game three, I brought a sign that said rocker is the biggest dick in baseball. But then I crossed out the R and made it a T and because instead of rocker, it was rocket. And I was just like, like, what is going on this postseason where it's just like every game we've got to face some pitcher who's an absolute piece of trash. I mean, Clemens was a lunatic. Absolutely. And, and it's not just him. They're all trying to in the dock. It's pretty funny. And, and, know- and But, you know, it's it's again, it's like the, the, that's Yankees fans for you. 27 rings and like all the things that's like Roger Clemens, massive rival on the Red Sox leaves because his career starts to fall off, gains 60 pounds, turns into the fucking Hulk and you guys sign him and you act like, oh, the core four. Oh, the, the, the guy who you brought in after he won multiple roids filled Cy Young's to be your, your number one. And you're acting like you got, you're acting well, like the core four with, was pretty good. Yeah. The core four was pretty good. You're the core great. four was the guy who hits fucking first, the guy who hits seventh, the guy who hits eighth. So, so the core four is going to be Jeter, Mariano, Bernie Williams, Williams and Posada or Pettit. I don't even know. I like, was going to say, but then you add, you add, you add guys who were staples throughout that in trades. You add Apollo Neal. Yeah. Derek Jeter, Pettit. You, you add a Mariano. Tino Martinez from Seattle. Yeah. Like they added guys that were just, of course they did. They added David Cohn. They added Mike Messina. They added Jack McDowell. They added, I mean, Every year they go out. Hideki, remember Hideki Rabu? They just go out and they're like, oh, this guy's coming over from Japan. Let's offer him triple what any other team will offer him. Let's get him. Well, again, and, then, and, 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 and you know what? That's the other thing that people. David don't, Wells, they added from the Reds. David too. Wells, yeah. And, and here's the other thing about the core four. Here's the other thing about the core four. Think about the guys who have been on other teams. Think about the core four from the Marlins. Think about. Giancarlo Stanton and Yelich and Ozuna and Real Muto. Let's say that's your core four. Suddenly they're not your core four anymore because you can't pay them. But the but the Yankees can be like, we have a we have a shortstop who's like, okay, let's play him, let's pay him $19 million when the next highest paid shortstop's getting like $8 million a year just to keep him. So you're never going to lose guys to free agency. Yeah. For sure. Again, they they just, they just were such a deep in it. In that Yankees run from top to bottom, as far as depth, they had just no major weaknesses. They just had so many good players. You just couldn't. I mean, Chuck Knobloch's an an all-star on Minnesota. Yeah. Think about the rotating cast that they had at third base. 
always going out and getting the guy. Brocious. Brocious, Ventura, A-Rod. Yeah, they didn't miss a beat. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Another rival. They didn't miss a beat. Oh, Johnny Damon's been kicking our ass for Boston. We should probably go sign him. Yeah. But they were smart. You know, for as much as you want to hate the Yankees, if I look, here's the thing about someone like George Steinberg. I respect owners that want to win, that are going to go for it. I respect that. Sure. You can you can hate him, and that hatred comes from jealousy. It just comes from jealousy. It comes from people who can't do that. Same thing I would argue the Rams did this year. They right. said, we are doing it. We are going to sign people to make us better. The minute an injury happens or an upgrade is needed, they made the moves. Right. And no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's the name of, that's how you win in sports. I mean, Shaq was a free agent signing by the Lakers, you know, like that's how you win in sports. But let's be honest. Then the ace pitcher, the Yankees signed in the off season, the second ace pitcher that was some teams. Number one, that is now your number two, the free agent slugger that's hitting third for you. And the free agent slugger who's hitting fourth for you, that's your core four. And to joke around that it's the fucking guy who's hitting eighth is a fuck is a slap in the face to people. Your core four, the Mets core four right now is DeGrom, Scherzer, Lindor, Pete Alonzo. Two homegrown. Yeah, two homegrown. That aren't going to go anywhere because we're going to overpay them to stay because we have the richest owner in baseball. So big news drops, I think, last Thursday night. Tatis suspended 80 games for PEDs, which he claimed he used for ringworm, I believe. Which... I mean, the claim is whatever there's at this point, I don't all time really, claim for the record. Yeah. All time recovering from injury, trying to get back. So obvious. And then, and then this is your claim. And by the way, we had Sean Merriman on and Sean Merriman's essentially said the same thing. He said, I took something. I took a supplement. It had something it wasn't supposed to have in it. I got, I got popped at that I mean, how long ago was that? That's 12 years ago now, 13. Like, I don't even know how long ago that is at this point. If you're doing it today, it's to me, to me, making a mistake is worse than taking PEDs on purpose. We've been there. Like, it's no longer an excuse. Don't take things that the team doesn't give you because they're monitoring what is and what is not a banned substance. I just don't know how you do this. Again, it's just to, to me, the PED thing, it's the equivalent of getting drunk and not taking a rideshare app. 100%. What are you doing, man? Come on. It, it, and that's just if your claim is true. 
that you took something you didn't know? Because I would assume any athlete, even myself, I'm pretty, for the most part, I'm pretty careful about what, if it came to a supplement, what I'm putting in my body, right? So uh, I'm a huge fan of liquid IV. Okay. I don't know if you've ever used it. I have. I like it a lot. I use it when I feel like I could be dehydrated. If it's humid out, I always take it after a workout, especially cardio, run, swimming. I love liquid IV. I really do. I did research on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just a schmuck 40-year-old dude who lives in the suburbs. Right. You're at the height of your career. You're Fernando Tatis. You're one of the stars, the faces of baseball. But here's the thing. Don't like, I don't even want you doing your research on what you should and shouldn't be taking. I want you listening to the team because they know what's banned and what's not banned. Now the team might be giving you something that's maybe not in your best interest to take. So then, then maybe do the research. But if you're like, yo, I have ringworm, which come on, like you have team doctors. Is this guy going to his like, physician and be like i got ringworm doc like wouldn't you use a topical cream for that did he was it a topical cream that busted him i have no idea he should have dm me i'm dating a pharmacist man we can we can get you the right drugs like i had i mean but i I, here's the thing for these athletes i get it something that your pharmacist prescribes you might be illegal by baseball standards so then don't take anything your team doctor doesn't give you because playing is the most important thing. Yeah, I know. And and, and, it, and, and, and 15 years ago, this was an acceptable excuse. Sure. It is not anymore. Well, 80 games is a lot. Like you really, obviously you can't play the rest of this year. Yep. He, so he won't, he's just essentially not playing this year. Yeah. You're going to miss some time next year. They've invested all, what was his contract? $300 million? My way yeah. off? Yeah. Or was it 300? No, it's and change, I think. Yeah. 395 or something like that. That's what and I don't you, And you went and got Soto. Yeah, dude, the, the Padres are spiraling. It's, it's, it's bad. Like I, you know, some dirt ball was like, I don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs. And I was like, they're going to be fine. Then I messaged him. I was like, yo, Tatis out. You might be right now. But if I'm making $300 million, I'm doing everything possible to stay on the field. My point is like, like it's always, it's always the line. I always say about actors when they get just jacked or ripped for a movie. And I always say, like, people are like, oh, look how swole Ryan Reynolds got for that. Yeah, they all took HGH. But not, but my point is, wait. My, my, my point is when people like brag about how good someone looks, I say they were not only paid millions for this role. The studio said, you will get swole. We're going to assign you a personal trainer, a chef, and we're going to pay you millions. That's literally your job. I, I don't and really you, get and if you want and if you want to hear from that trainer, I I had him on my podcast. Duffy Gaver was on the Joe Prano podcast, trainer to the stars, talks all about it. That's right. 
But my point is like, I don't give as much credit to that person as I do the guy who's got three kids and he's running ultra marathons. Like that guy's a badass. Yeah. Cause he's got shit to do and he's not getting paid millions to do it. And my point with Tatiste is you're getting all that money, man. You can't be in motorcycles. You riding motorcycles. You can't be taking stuff that could get you banned. What are you thinking? I know you're young and dumb because we all were. God knows I was. But they are spiraling, which sucks because they got a lot of money invested in these guys right now. Yeah. And it's and the time is now. And that's the deal with, with baseball. You know, the Yankees approach to in the past of, well, this guy didn't work out. Let's just eat the money and go sign somebody else. The Padres are not a big market team and they're all in like you guys got to win now. I mean, we're talking about Soto's only under your control for a couple more years and then you're going to have to pay him. Luckily you're not paying them yet. Yeah. For sure. But, But the Padres. Yeah. I mean, they're in a playoff spot now, but Milwaukee is a game and a half back, two games back of them. Yeah. No, I know, man. And I'm rooting for him. I want more p- potential of watching postseason baseball in Southern California. Sure. It's a beautiful park. Great it, city. It, and, uh, you know, and right now the Mets are going to get in. And, you know, it seems like we're on a collision course for the Do- with the Dodgers, which is nice for me as somebody who lives in Los Angeles. But, dude, if we ended up playing, to, you know, some games in San Diego – be I'd be down there for that too. That'd be great. That'd work out great for you. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds there. Postseason and, baseball is really and, fun at Dodgers. And Stadium. listen, if you're a Padres fan and you're uh, you know, or a Dodgers fan, or if you're a, a New Yorker and you want me to come see a playoff game in your city, then maybe you can call me. Otherwise, oh, just don't fucking say, call my phone. <laughs> they, should, they should just call you if they want to get you down say, there. That's about, that's about it. Hey, Prano, I know I shouldn't have called your phone, but I have seats behind home plate at Dodger Stadium for a game one of the NLCS. The idea of calling the, you. DeGrom, Kershaw, and I'd be like, you know what? Honestly, this may be the only acceptable reason to call me on the phone. The idea of someone calling you be like, yo, is this Joey No Chill? Is so funny to me. And I was just like, I have to do the podcast right now. What are you doing? You were a little shook when we got on before the show. You you were a little shook before. There's a before and after moment. The before and after moment on this uh, with Dirt Balls was when I merely said an NFL player should be allowed to have an opinion and a Dirt Ball said, I've Google mapped your apartment. I could shoot you from the roof of the hotel or one. Nobody said that, did they? Yeah, yeah. Some vet, some former military guy who's like, stop fucking defending some guy who disrespects the fucking flag. That's crazy talk, man. But we live in a crazy age. We talked about to start the show. People are killing coaches at a youth football game. It's just sad. Yeah. Just talk it through, people. That's the solution. 
And football season's upon us, and that's always that's that's the rowdiest time of year. Yeah, I don't I don't know about taking kids to games anymore, man. I mean, football fans are just drunk, obnoxious, yeah, yeah. unruly, just ready to throw down. Unless you're in a suite or something, unless you're in the rich section. It is crazy. It hit me yesterday. We're four weeks away from the start of opening season, September yeah. 11th. Never forget. Yeah. Never forget. That's when football starts. It is funny how it always starts, like always right around 9 11, if not on 9 11. Yeah. Football's like, yeah, we're taking that too. The whole fucking terrorist thing, we're taking that too. Yeah. We already took Thanksgiving. We take Christmas. We're taking 9 11. I mean, they, they, it's amazing. And speaking of amazing, I read an article today. No surprise, especially from what we talk about on our show. An article that was published yesterday in The Athletic. The headline says, Deshaun Watson hasn't hurt Brown's bottom line, but are they falling behind? And the funny, it, it's great. It's a little story. It starts off talking about this woman who's been a season ticket holder for the Browns since 99 and how so disgusted she was when they signed him. And then it's like, well, I'm keeping my season tickets, right. which, which we always say. And it specifically says so far there has been no apparent backlash. Again, this is specifically in Cleveland, no team sponsor is believed to have pulled out, and the team even claims a season ticket waiting list. Watson was mobbed by adoring fans. I don't know if you saw this video. Yeah. After practice. Like, people don't care. At the end of the day. It's going to be fun what opposing teams chant when he I'd love to hear, plays. you know, we, we, always, we, we always put out the call. You know when there's like a crazy opinion out there, and I'll 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 do it again, man. Uh, if you're a Browns fan, and you're anybody but slub a dub, uh, no slub a dub call call write no, write it no, out. No, he's yeah no no I'm all for it. Write it out. I want to hear you out. Write script it out like you did the one time. Write it on some sort of parchment. Yeah, get a teleprompter. <laughs> Turn the page like you did last time. Oh, yeah, I, no, because then that's two minutes of Blue Lives Matter and build the wall. No, and all no, that stuff no. Be before it, the thing, I, keep, I, I, I want to hear it. from a, I want to hear from a reasonable Browns fan who's you know rooted for this team for a while, who you know who doesn't have, who doesn't judge players based on the color of their skin and their See, this, political this is what affiliations. You're doing. This is what you're doing. I'm saying I, I want to hear from a reasonable Browns fan that that can call up and say. Listen, I'm not a hypocrite piece of trash. The our quarterback has 25 plus sexual assault allegations. Here's how I'm handling it. Here's how I'm feeling about it. Here's why I'm watching. Here's why I'm supporting. You know, I I'm sure listen, I'm sure there's a reason like Pittsburgh fans did it forever. So it's like it's not like it's uncommon. But, but so would I. I, I'm just saying, like, like I'm not. There's a difference between supporting someone's personal life and saying, "Hey, I root for this team. I want them to win." I think. I mean, I think there's also, you know, you have to look at the situation. It's specific. It's like, 
a guy's on your team and whatever, but like they went out and got him, dude. Yeah, but I don't expect. They went out and signed him. No, for sure. I don't expect. him a raise. My point is I don't expect Browns fans to boycott this year. I just don't. Why would they? Like, if you've been a fan this whole time, I would actually argue, and again, this could be really, like, twisted for what I'm about to say. When it comes to winning, if that is your end game, one objective, win. They made a football decision, strictly football, by going after him. Yeah. Whereas I would say someone like the Reds ownership, that's more demeaning to the fans by saying, where are you going to go? We don't care. We're not going to support our team financially. That, that's way more demeaning to the fans, in my opinion, again, strictly from a football sense than signing Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, of course. But also being like, Ooh, this is a really good quarterback in the league who has been accused of multiple two dozen sexual assault allegations. We could really buy low here. You're saying the they were reckless in giving him all that money. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, to be like, this guy wouldn't be on the trade market unless he had fucking smashed his penis up against two dozen unwilling ladies. But he did. So this might be a nice time for us to swoop in and take him. It's a little bit shitty. Yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying I think you can separate the two. It's not always easy, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time. You have to. In the music you listen to, in the movies, TV shows you watch, you have to separate it, right? Do you dance when ignition comes on? Try. Try right now. If you're at a wedding and R. Kelly's remix to ignition comes on, try not to dance. You can't do it. But uh, let me ask you something. You... You know, aren't gonna go. You, you, you're a guy who hasn't been. You went to Top Gun, but you're not like a guy who's gone to the movies lately and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I'm not a big movie guy. What if they're like, this movie's coming out, you know, um, and you know, it would normally be twenty dollars, but it's one dollar because Anne Hache is in it and she drove a fucking car through a neighborhood at ninety miles an hour and killed herself and almost killed a bunch of people. Like, you know, it, it, wouldn't you feel bad being like, well, it's cheap. We should probably go check it out. I mean, it's like, a, I feel like that's what's wrong with what the Browns did. They took advantage of a situation. They were like, we have an opportunity here because this guy's a sexual assaulter. Seems like a weird opportunity to like latch on to. But again, I think they were just trying to make a football move. The Browns know at this point, how close they are because they are i mean the browns realistically they won a playoff game two years ago they were right there in the kansas city playoff game after that in arrowhead they they are with their defense with some of the weapons they have with the running game with an offensive line like they're right there i don't know 
Somebody was going to do it, right? We all knew somebody was going to go after him. There was all the rumors of all those teams. Yeah. The Miami rumor was nonstop because that's how two is viewed. Did you see that DM a dirtball sent? It's pretty funny. No. Odell Beckham, somebody posted, uh, it's like a meme or just a graphic. Odell Beckham has more 30 plus yard touchdown passes in his career than Tua. That's a great stat. Oh, Odell has two. Tua has one. That's amazing. That's, that's a pretty telling stat for a guy who's probably started at least 16 games. He only has one 30-plus yard touchdown pass? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's wild. I'm definitely not drinking any two of Kool-Aid. No. Unless they make him a Alex Smith type guy. Which that's possible. What, which was whatever. I mean, you're not going to go deep in the playoffs. That's the name of the game, right? Sure. Alex Smith is on the Niners. Alex Smith gets replaced. Colin Kaepernick goes to the Super Bowl. True. Alex Smith is on the Chiefs. Alex Smith gets replaced. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Go to multiple. Yeah. No, I feel you. I, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what the ceiling is. It's like, a, oh, he's going to go 11 and 6 for us. We'll, we'll win a playoff game here and there. We'll make the playoffs. I just don't think he's the guy. Super Bowl or bus league. We got a DM on something I missed on Hard Knocks last week. Great. Can't wait to hear it. About the Lions. Because we always got to talk Lions now. Because the Lions are, Lions are like officially the unofficial dirty sports team. The did official you, unofficial? Did you see what this player said about Applebee's? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, do you know how many people sent that to me? Okay. That's one of those ones. It's like 40 DMs. You this see is, this dude? This is uh, Frank it's Ragnow. Funny it, it's funny because it's like, it proves my point. You're always like, I don't know, man. You overdo this Applebee's in the Midwest thing. You got a guy just randomly out of nowhere walking around talking about how great Applebee's is. Is he play O-line or D-line? I think he plays O line. Yeah, this is uh this is like a classic, classic take from an O lineman. Let's see, let's see what he says about Applebee's. Uh, beer? <laughs> beer? Applebee's is a top five restaurant in the world. I agree. Thank you. Applebee's is a top five restaurant in the country. <laughs> French fries? Wow. Hamburgers? Mozzarella sticks. Oh, there you go. Brew pub pretzels with beer cheese dip. Beer? Uh. Beer? <laughs> Crazy take right there. Yeah. Top five restaurant in the country? It's just a Midwesterner. He's like, also, I mean, like, listen, Outback's up there, Olive Garden's up there, Sonic's up there, but like Applebee's is definitely top five. And you're like, wait, what are you? <laughs> what? Like, I want to know the rest of his top five. So he's like, well, Little Caesars won, obviously. So his history, so he's 26. 
He's from Minnesota. He played college ball at Arkansas. I mean, he was a first-round pick. Dude, you've eaten at places, man. You, you, you've eaten at some places. You're a first-round pick. You've traveled. I don't know if he's trolling. Is he trolling? I disagree with you. I don't think he's eaten at some places, bro. You're a professional athlete. How have you not eaten some places? When? When he got drafted in Philadelphia, at the draft in Philadelphia? What, they took him to a fucking, you know, like. It's a big city. Come on. Minnesota, Arkansas. This is my point. This has been my point the whole time. There's no way he's not eating at nice restaurants. There's just no way. There's no way. Bro, he just said mozzarella sticks, the the pretzel with the pub cheese, the beer pub cheese. Yeah, oh, say- I have to. I have turned into a big beer pub cheese guy. Yeah, like, a little drunk. <laughs> I'm just saying, beer pub cheese is good. Yeah, it's delicious. Probably Easy. not. Probably not out of a forty gallon aluminum jug that they have in the back of the Applebee's, but the powdered beer pub cheese just add water to. I couldn't tell you last time I went to an Applebee's and I think I need to go now. I need to go. I need to go to see what they, what they got. Take your girl fancy like Applebee's on a date night, dude. I, I don't know where one is by me. There's not one like right by me. I do. I do. Uh, There's probably one in a parking lot that it shares with a mall nearby. Dude, malls just don't exist anymore, man. I mean, even here, malls are just a thing of the past. When's the last time you went to an Applebee's? At least 25 years ago. Applebee's like came to my hometown and they were like, this place Applebee's opened up. And I went in and I was like, well, I was like a tavern with shittier food. There's not as many as there used to be. Although that song probably might change that. Who knows? Everything, yeah. like literally everything that's wrong with maybe the world, but definitely America. Fancy like Applebee's on a date night. I think Applebee's, I don't know. To me, I would say it's not what's wrong. It is America. No, I'm saying what's wrong with America is somebody out there thinking, man, my girlfriend needs a fancy night on the town. I'm going to take her to Applebee's. You ever, see that, you ever see that video? It was going viral. It was like a month or two ago. I think they're at Applebee's. They're on a date. And he asks the waiter for two separate checks. And his date, it's like a first date, like dating app. And she goes nuts. And he's like, you ain't gonna suck my dick. Like, dude, <laughs> dude. And the Applebee's waiter is just like stuck there. I, I gotta find this. It's it's so wild. It's an actual video. It's a, like a viral video. 
Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta find. I think it was on TikTok. And dude, it's so funny. I saw it on Twitter, where like the girl doesn't pay, or I mean the guy doesn't want to pay, and he's being all quiet. And she's like, and you want me to pay? And he's like, and you're paying for your Uber too. Like, I think he picked her up. Dude, it's it's so hilarious. And the Applebee's again, the waiter's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm stuck here because he brought back two checks because he had asked her. And I don't think she yeah. had seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just it's just off the rails. And I'm like, this is why I love social media. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it. I'm going to find it here. While I look for that, I do have to play a call from Cat Jason Kid. Meow defending i don't know if i should say defending but trying to leave his perspective of the lion so this is okay. after this this is after the first hard knocks okay so this is the artist formerly known as fat jason kid who now we've now called is cat jason kid meow hey fat jason kid here just leaving a voicemail to let you know as a lions fan it was up to me we would win two or three games this year so you're in position to pick the quarterback. But I think a lot of what this rebuild of the Lions has done so far is we've put in place a lot of the things around the quarterback in order for them to be successful. Because when, whenever we decide to pick a quarterback, they're not going to have to worry about like who the weapons are because we did the job in drafting Amon Ross St. Brown. We've signed DJ Chark to a one-year deal. But at least we've also drafted Jamison Williams. We did a lot of stuff to improve the weapons around quarterback so he's coming in with a good offensive line everything like that so i think that the build the rebuild itself is going well i think that you really can't judge this motivational coach until we've had a chance for him to work with that new quarterback and then we can kind of go well he was great at keeping the guys motivated when we sucked but now that we're trying to take a step forward with our new quarterback maybe we need to go somewhere else i think that's kind of where we're looking at evaluating dan campbell So, just to be clear, you have a question mark at head coach, right? Because he's 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 not saying that he sold on Campbell. Yeah, he's saying we'll see. So, just to be clear, you have a question mark at head coach of your football team, and you have a question mark. Not even a question mark. It seems like you've given up. You've already given up on your quarterback. So you have a question mark at head coach and you need a new quarterback and your rebuild's going well. This idea that you have to give him time. I'm re listen, I'm rebuilding my car. The interior is in great shape. The interior is in great shape. Okay. You've been in my Cadillac, Andy. The interior oh, yeah. is in great shape. It's great. I just need a steering wheel and an engine and four tires. <laughs> but honestly, it's pretty hard to replace that leather. Like that old, the classic 70s leather. You can't just go out and buy that anymore. The whole underside of it is rusted. I need four tires were stolen and I don't have a working engine. The steering wheel's gone. I'll, I'm also not sure about the radio because I can't turn it on because I don't have an engine. But I can't say for sure that the radio doesn't work. I'll, I guess I'll find out if I get an engine. 
But the interior, dude. It's in mint condition. Look, it's not going to be easy for him to win with Jared Goff. So I'll give I'll give Dan Campbell that that one caveat. But the problem is you got to win now, man. Like I, I guess Zach, I mean you don't have to win now. You have to win now, but but, but but my point is like I guess Zach Taylor's the one, like the Bengals obviously won what six games his first two years combined, and then they make the Super Bowl. We all know my feelings, ultimately how I feel about him as a coach, but he's kind of the one anomaly when it comes to this. If you, if you struggle, like if they struggle again for two years in a row, you're just going to hope he's going to be good. If they get a quarterback. Uh, by the way, fine. Sure. Fine. That, uh, uh, by the way, uh, that, Cool. I'm okay with this. And I'm okay with fat Jason kid, fat cat Jason kid saying he wants to win two or three games this year. I'm totally okay with this. Good rebuild. I, awesome. I think in watching hard knocks that Dan Campbell is from an, uh, a, a coaching style and a coaching era that is, from bygone years. You might not agree. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm, if this is a plan, we'll figure it out. We'll rebuild. Fine. I'm cool. That's what, that's what you have to do when you're a bad football team. Uh, your ludicrous fan base thinks you're going to win 11 games and go and run a four out of five run against five teams that were better than you last year. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem. I like, I have no problem with a realistic. This is how you rebuild a franchise. Great. Okay. The lions are going to win three games this year and continue to rebuild. Sure. Okay. I just think you're, you're like, you're not in a good position, obviously with that quarterback and that coach. But I think you gotta you gotta just blow all that up again. I just I just don't. He wasn't the right hire again. Like you said, what what guy who coaches like this is successful in the NFL in 2022? There's none. By the way, I found the Applebee's video. <laughs> Dude, the caption. Well, I have a few things. Like I mean, it's literally this made the New York Post. The, the New York Post will just post wild shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm going to send it to you because visually it's even better. The, so the caption I have on Twitter, the guy says, no fade, no beard trim, a Looney Tunes shirt. And she thought he was going to be a gentleman. It was a black dude. Not that I had to give it away. Looney Tunes shirt, I think, gave it away. So she posted it on TikTok. And this We'll see. This might be a lot better visually and not as good audio-wise. Yeah, let's try it out, though. Because she is the caption, he made me pay. You Did you really come back with two separate checks? Yeah, that's what I was asking you. You're really going to make me pay? You going to get some ass? No. <laughs> he said, am I going to get some ass? <laughs> oh, he's sitting in front of like, he's still munching on his fries. <laughs> his shirt has death. <laughs>
this shirt is Daffy Duck Bugs but I mean <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. Let me, let me get through this. Well, anyways, man, here go to she's not gonna give you what? No ass. That's that's crazy. Man. Wait. Are you I'm gonna pay the fifteen. At least they're a short kneecap. Fuck you. See, that's your problem. You don't want to. That's your problem. He's really making me pay, you guys. Hey, how you get home? You're fucking taking me home. You're taking me home. You got gas? No. He asked her. He asked her if she would pay for his gas. I mean, <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. I got to get through this. 17 more seconds. You want to give that to uh, the ride? No. You're taking me home. I think you heat up the food. All right, you guys. He's not making me. Um, he's making. Did you? I mean, right now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, you know me, Andy. This couldn't be less my style, right? Sure. Like, if I ask a girl out for a date, it's understood, especially a first date, probably the first couple. Now, I know we don't have a lot of lady listeners, but. The nice thing to do, ladies, you don't have to. I honestly, I don't even want the fake reach for your card on the first date. If I if I ask you out for a date, I'm paying for you. Yeah, for okay? sure. Whether or not you, whether or not it seems like you're, I'm gonna get some ass or whatever. But at the same time, to be fair, in this guy's thing is like, why shouldn't she pay? I'm saying I would never do that. Like my mom didn't raise me that way, but like, why shouldn't she pay? Because I mean, he took you out. So, and first of all, you're at Applebee's, right? Like all this, like male privilege, all this, like the check was like $42 and 17, all this, like equal pay. We should get paid the same. We should be treated the same. Well, why wouldn't you guys split it then? Like, I don't I, like I am going to set a tone in in asking somebody out and being like, I'm going to pay. But I don't think it's right for women to assume that without somebody setting that tone because they're running around all day demanding we treat them exactly the same. Andy, if I say to you, yo, bro, let's go to Applebee's when I'm in town. Are you going to think Joe's taking me to Applebee's? No. Now, if I ask you out on some sort of business meeting, hey, man, I want, uh, I'd like to take you out to dinner. Like, that's a whole different thing. But like, if I say, let's go to Applebee's. You wouldn't assume I'm paying. Because you're a man and I'm a man. And if she got asked out by her friend who was a woman, she wouldn't assume that they were, she, that her friend was paying either. She would assume he was splitting it. So the only reason she assumed that he was going to pay is because he's a man and she's a woman. And it's like, I think that that is appropriate. But a lot of women 
are walking around saying it's not appropriate. A lot of women think Brittany Griner and LeBron James should get paid the same. Yeah. Which, by the way, is always the women who've never attended a WNBA game in their life. Or don't understand economics just in general. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, we, we, we could pay her the same as LeBron James for the one season that the NBA, WNBA will exist after this. I always pay first date as well. I usually pay for the first two. I do like the fake gonna pay, especially by date two. Date one, cool. By day two, I don't even I don't even mind the I don't even need the fake pay. I'll go day one. I'll go day two. What I'd like is like, you know, it's it's the same as a bartender. Back in the day, I used to say the best part about New York City, old school New York City is you buy two, they buy you one. A bartender would just be like, I got this one. Like what I would like to have happen is somebody be like, hey. Next time we go out, I'm taking you out. And I'm like, that's very nice. It's a very nice way to put it. Yeah. I, we, we, we didn't even discuss it. I just paid your things and then be like, hey, next time I want to take you out. I'm like, sure, I would. that would be really nice. And then I'll probably still try to pay. But if you say that, at least you're showing some sort of respect. This girl already, but also, she just like told him straight up before the check came. He ain't getting ass. Why'd she do that? Again, he was not helping his cause by showing up on a date with a Looney Tunes shirt. I mean, <laughs> they went to Applebee's, dog. I mean, Looney Tunes shirt, by definition, is fancy like Applebee's. Yeah. Dude, you got to see this guy. Yeah, I ain't getting no ass. And then, and then, well, first of all, here's what I find hilarious. She wants him to take her home. How awkward is that going to be? Yeah. You just thought about the bill? Honestly, if I were him, I'd be like, I'm not paying for your bill because I'm paying for your Uber. Get out of here. Yeah. And the waiter is just like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. I bet the waiter smashed. I bet that's what happened. He he, he moved in. He saw an opening. He's like, I'll hook you up with that free two two for twenty next time. You give me a little HJ in the in the bus meanwhile, station. There's, there's, meanwhile, there's a guy in the Detroit Lions who's just absolutely losing money. He's like, this man's gonna take you to a top five restaurant in the country. <laughs> You're not gonna put out. Deshaun Watson over here is Deshaun Watson. Like, you're putting out whether you like it or not. I feel like they must have eaten a lot. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's like, yo, I'm sticking mozzarella sticks in you, whether, whether you want me to or you don't want me to. And the Browns are like, fuck yeah, do it, dude. We'll be able to void your contract and pay even less. Forty two. We're, we're definitely keeping you, though. $42. They must have eaten a lot, right? That's a, that's it's two, two for 20s at least. I'm just saying, like, how much? Like, I see he was drinking a Modelo. How many of those do you drink, bro? That can't be too expensive. That's what sucks, though. You just everything put on blast. Like, she's just filming him. He's just sitting there. 
That poor guy just being put on blast. I'm shocked you missed this because then it turned into a huge debate on the on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. Like everything, right? Everything just turns into a huge debate. Well, I look forward to tomorrow's hard knocks. Yeah, it should be a fun one. And I look forward to getting a uh, a check. I don't know if I told you this, man. I'm gonna get a nice fat check from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I tell you about Are this. You? Yeah. yeah, me and every taxpayer. Did you hear about this? So the Bengals sold. I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, not at all. The Bengals sold the naming rights. They are no longer Paul Brown Stadium. They are Paycor Stadium. Okay. And I was reading, and I knew the taxpayers paid for it. So technically, as a taxpayer, and I live in the city, you know, it's owned by, this is Hamilton County. I should get a cut of that, right? Because this the stadium is actually owned. The Bengals themselves do not own the stadium. The taxpayers own the stadium. So I should get a cut of that, right? Yeah, but you're not going to, Andy. No, no. No, not only am I not going to, I read. Honestly, I would appreciate it if you keep your politics out of sports. Why don't you shut up and podcast? I don't know how you shut up and podcast, but shut up and podcast, Andy. So here's an interesting. Just because thing. a political deal was done and used your money to pay for a stadium. You think that you therefore deserve money when that state? Look, come on, man. Here's what's crazy. You talk about a deal that favors the team. And you talk about the politics of it. I want to know, and it's been it, it was, it's been documented here how corrupt the county commissioner and all these back end dealings were going on at the time. Because listen to this. And this says verbatim in the paper. Although the stadium is owned by the Hamilton County taxpayers, the team's lease with the county provides that the first $60 million of the deal be given to the team. Of the remaining revenue, the county gets 30% and the team 70. So the first 60 million automatically goes to the Bengals. And then of the remaining, the county gets 30 and the Bengals get 70%. That's insane. What kind of deal was, again, this was way before like, when this happened 20 years ago, what kind of deal was negotiated and what kind of back end handouts were probably some of the people involved in the Cincinnati politics, which again, I'm just saying this because it probably happens in every city. Yeah. It's crazy. And then absolute brain dead monkeys, like, like, American citizens who are essentially eating bugs out of each other's hair and throwing piles of shit at one another. That's the level of intellect they have are like, keep politics out of sports. Yeah, this couldn't be more political. It's crazy. And, and and that's what these teams do. By the way, from the Bengals' perspective, shrewd, good business deal. Like like they're smart. I'm not even not I'm not even knocking 
the Bengals for this. I'm saying any team that does this, any owner that does this is smart from a business perspective. And as a county, as a... Yeah, it's the same thing you could say, like the same thing you could say about the U.S. government. U.S. government taking half of your money immediately when you make it and then also charging you to spend the rest that you're left over with. Shrewd business deal. Yeah. Also, highly unconstitutional. (laughs) It's just wild. But... They're smart because they know, right? There's only so many NFL teams. Cool. We'll pick up and leave. It's 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 almost like, I mean, seriously, is it not like a mafia style run business? Yeah. Well, certainly a monopoly. Right. Because the idea of, okay, we're going to give you this many millions, even though we own it, we own it. You're the guy coming around to collect his money. Who are the who are the guys in the mob that do that? What are their what's their name? What the a guy who's do, do they have sp- specific titles? The guys that come around and collect. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Mm. Well, we've we've watched enough of those shows. I'm just yeah. saying, like that's what it is, right? Hey, we own it. I own this business. I own this deli, but I'm gonna get my cut. And my cut in this case is going to be the first 60 million. And then after that, I get 70% and you only get 30. Now I'm pay, not. What's pay core, by the way? Parkour. They do. They do it's uh, like when people jump off of buildings and tumble and stuff. No, pay core is, I think they do. Uh, they're the people behind like the payment system for companies. Oh. So like you might get paid through Paycor, right? Got it. Got it. They're like, oh yeah, this is the name of our game. Taking money from people that <laughs> don't yeah. want money taken from them. They're based here. Yeah. They're pay, pay they're a payroll company. So yeah. Makes sense. Just wanted to highlight that. I, I don't really care. I'm not one of those people who freak out about the names. You know, everybody's like, ah, it sucks. And they, I was like, well, they're smart. They should get money if they want to keep some of these young players. They're going yeah. to need all the money they can get. But again, I, you don't realize the that's depth. Why, that's why I moved my head out of the way. Like, you know, just be like, Mets, are, Mets have a pretty nice situation. It's, it sounds like City Field, but it's City Field, you know? Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. You want to hear from some dirt balls? Of course, always. 310. Except via my phone. Yeah. 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. And that's how you should reach out to us if you ever have a question or a comment or concern. Yeah. So this one's been sitting in the dock. We talked a lot about the live tour and the PGA. This one's been sitting in the dock a lot. This was... uh. Hopefully still rough. This is from John Smith. This is when Bubba Watson joined the LIV tour. What's up, boys? Uh, Live Golf, once again, back in the headlines. Bubba Watson headed over there as they continue to uh, get a nice roster of golfers 
but here is uh, y- your argument is uh, go take the money. It's great grand. And I agree. You want the money? Go take it. But uh, here is the flip side of it. Uh, these golfers all are going to start uh, dropping in the world golf ranking, which means they're not going to qualify for some of the upcoming majors in you know coming years. Some of them won't drop far enough. But if you say, well, why can't they give them world golf rankings? Uh, look at what they're playing. 56 holes to 72 holes. Uh, the two organizations are not equal. They're not playing the same type of golf. So you can't uh, distribute points equally when it comes to that. I think uh, the PGA just has to say, hey, guys, if you want to play in the PGA, you can play PGA events. If you want to play live, you got to uh, play and live. You can play in, in, in both of them. But uh, you can't have it both ways uh, if you want to go to live and then say, hey, we're not you know, able to qualify for other tournaments because it's not the same type of golf. Uh, I want to hear your opinion. Stay dirty, boys. Well, I, th- I think I think there's a couple ways to handle this. For one, why don't we just make it exactly the same as we would in you know qualifying for a batting title or qualifying for whatever? Like, y- you don't do this guy's getting five at bats per game and this guy's getting four at bats per game. You go total number of at bats. You need X amount of at bats to qualify. So if your issue is they're not playing enough holes, oh these other guys play. Uh, 72 holes. Well, what about when Tiger Woods misses the cut and he just plays 36 holes and he doesn't play 54 holes and he doesn't play 72 holes? Why don't you just say you've got to play X amount of holes to qualify? And the second thing is, and we all know the answer to this, why not just let guys play on both they can play the live events on the weekends where there's live events and they can play on PGA events where the there's PGA events. And the answer is because the PGA doesn't want guys competing against their own tour. And also we know the answer as to why the tour exists in the first place. Cause people had a problem with how much PGA events were paying. Well, it's already working. The PGA is offering a record number of money next year. So that was Phil Mickelson's point initially. One of his points, I should say, remember, was yeah, this is going to change how PGA runs because obviously competition is good, right? Competition in any field is good. Any business, it's good. So next year, a record $428 million will be divvied out in prize money. So it seems like that's one of the main goals and it's already being achieved, they're now forcing the PGA's hand. That's a direct result of of the Live Tour being created. Yeah. So I would argue that's a good thing for golfers, is it not? More money? Absolutely. That's That's what I'm saying. But it's also bad in that, you know, there's a divide in in competition. Obviously, it would be better if there's one governing body of golf and they were all competing against the same thing. But the reason that there's not is because golfers were unhappy about how they were being paid. Yeah. All right. We have a call about a new potential Dirty Sports Shot Challenge. Oh, boy. 
Joe, Andy, number one, Farmer Dirt Ball, Jay. Um, you've heard of the Kobe Shot Challenge. Next episode, I'm going to do the Andy Ruther at this point shot challenge. Every time I hear a, at this point, I'm going to take a shot. I got an un, untapped, uncracked bottle of Tiramana tequila. I'm going to break out the next Dirty Sports. And uh, maybe I'll call in after I get done with it. Um, and a uh, double shot for every time he says dog. Stay dirty. So I like when people point out things I do that I need to work on. And that's clearly one. I got to stop saying at this point, which I didn't really notice. I said a bunch. But apparently I do. Have you caught that? No, I mean, not not particularly. I barely listen to you. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I don't like listening to myself. I used to be able to do it way easier. I, I don't like listening anymore. But I, I, I appreciate the suggestion. And here's the thing, Jay. Now that you pointed it out, that's not going to be a fun shot challenge because I'll minimize it. Or when I do it, I'll catch myself to start to minimize it. So you might not be able to drink too much, man. I don't know what your end game is. Now, the dog, dog, how do you pronounce it? That's, that'll be an easy one. I mean, I say dog. Dog, 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 dog. Like, how's it? Dog, like dog, dog. It's such a simple word. Why Why do I throw an L in there? I don't know. It's like my dad would always say Worsh. Washington. Washing machine. Why are you throwing an R in there? I've noticed a lot of people in Cincinnati do that. I don't know what's... I don't, is that something from... Like, they put something in the Applebee's, you toss an R in? <laughs> it's not an R. Our boy, uh, Randy Ruther with a rando call here. You want to hear it? Sure. I love Randy Ruther. Yeah. He, uh, he left a call, which to be honest, is going to be tough off the top of my head and probably yours too. I don't, I don't know how to answer this. All right, let's go. Fellas, Randy Ruther here. <laughs> really wishing football would start tonight, but Hey, Marshawn Lynch, great mug shot. I'd say top five, maybe anywhere from five to ten all time. My question for you guys, give me your top three best mug shots by a former or current professional athlete. Stay dirty. I forgot. He did have a good one. I'm looking Who's at that? it now. Marshawn. He's so he's so faded in this. Well, he's got a I few. Mean, I mean, we have the Tiger Woods one. Yeah. Oh, this is from five days ago. I didn't realize he was just arrested for Dewey. Did you know? I did not. Yeah, I'm looking at an old one. This is a new one. His eyes, he can barely open his eyes. He was pulled over. In Las uh, Vegas. Marshawn. Come on, buddy. 725 a.m. 
He was driving to the curbs on the side of the road. I just put in athlete mug shots. You know who's got a legendary one? Pat McAfee. Oh, he does. That's right. McAfee's mugshot is unreal. Andre the Giant's mugshot. Yeah, that's a good Ridiculous. one. We got a we got a Michael Phelps mugshot. John Daly's always makes me laugh. Yeah. John Daly's is strong. I, I'm going I might go Pat Mac if you won. Oh, how about how about Deion Sanders mugshot? Deion Sanders looks excited to be there. It looks like he's in the middle of saying prime time. Dude, McAfee's is unbelievable. <laughs> what did Dion get arrested for? I'm assuming speeding. Oh! He looks so happy. He looks ecstatic. I'm kind of bummed that I don't have a mugshot. Like, you know what I'm saying? You didn't get a mugshot when you got arrested? No, I've been arrested a few times, but I've always been like, I've never been in a cell, did you know? And I've been, I've been let go. So every time, white privilege, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a mugshot. I think we should have a Reddit thread of best dirtball mugshots. Post your post your mugshots in our in our Reddit. Well, there's there's one there's there's, there's one, one we've there, seen. There's one we've seen which did. I mean, we know we know there's multiple dirtballs that have gotten arrested. I know for a fact the dirtball was calling me this morning got arrested because he's like, yeah, I got to fucking sell. So if you guys like, he's like, you guys want to buy my fucking Rage Against the Machine T-shirt? I got to pay my lawyer. I was like, how'd you get my number, bro? Yeah, what kind of what kind of lawyer? Bro, twenty dollar, ten dollar used shirt's not gonna pay for a lawyer. Like, does you not understand how much lawyers cost? It's signed, Andy. It's signed from Rage? Yeah. Why you want it now? Like all the members? I don't fucking know. You want me to give them your number? No. (laughs) Please don't. I like this idea. Dirtball mugshot thread on Reddit. I'm curious who'll be the best one. The one that we both know is really good, especially considering what happened. I think it should be guests and uh, guests and their boss. So we can start. We can start the thread by putting Pat McAfee's in there. So dirtball guests have been arrested. McAfee, Kellen uh, Winslow Jr. Kellen Winslow Jr. Has Merriman been arrested? I don't know. There's definitely more than that. I don't see a mugshot. He had a whole thing with Tila Tequila when he was dating her. Right. Tripoli's got to have been arrested. Let me see here. Kellen Winslow Jr. mugshot. 
don't, I totally forgot that he showed up to court as a fucking Jewish as lawyer. Yeah. As a, <laughs> I'm here for the gangbang. He showed up as a Jewish lawyer from Manhattan. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> Dude, if you look at Kellen Winslow Jr.'s mugshot and then how he shows up to court, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like a different. <laughs> he looks like he really does look like Todd Phillips. It's unbelievable. God, it's wild. 310-359-8365. That's a hotline. Give us a ring. Post your mugshot in the Dirty Sports Reddit. And for the record, can I get uh can I get access to that guys as an administrator? Like was running that? <laughs> like PP water. Get him in there. Yeah, PP water. Like, can I be a administrator? I'm not gonna censor people. That's not what I'm here trying to do. I'm just like, can I be an administrator? Like, who's an administrator in the dirty sports Reddit? How would I know? I have no idea. Don't pull it up right now. In the meantime, you can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, at Joe Prano, except for uh, Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. I just put a new stand-up clip on my Instagram and on my TikTok, uh, if you guys want to check that out. And uh, if you like what you see, you can come see me at the Hollywood Improv on August 25th, Joe Prano and Acquaintances at uh, the... Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, August 29th to September 4th, and many other shows, which you can find at JoePrano.com. You're going to love who the moderators are in the Dirty Sports Reddit. There's three. There's PP Water. You start it. Good for you. I'm all for that. Nikki D, which whatever. Obviously, Nick has a, has a full-time job now, but like it made sense at the time. The third one is Bill Blaha. <laughs> like I, I don't think he's listening to dirty sports in years. Like he's a moderator, and we got to uh, just send me a message, PP Waters. We got to update the. You know, a lot of these people are not. If they're not paying me or Joe, we got to remove these sponsor promo codes. Sorry. And Applebee's does not get a special one for the record. Not until they start paying us. That's it. Let's do it. How much longer are you in the uh, the slow? Come back today, and I'll tell you, Andy, I took the train up here. Wow, what an experience that was. It's probably gorgeous, right? Incredible. I, I mean, like I'm going to tell people this is like a thing to do. Forget if you got to go somewhere. Just take the train up the coast. Holy so I, shit. So I haven't taken it up north. I've taken it south to San Diego. I've heard that's good, too. Yeah, it's real good. You you had to go to downtown to the Amtrak, right? Um, I ended up I got it like a little north of down. Like I ended up getting on a different stop because I didn't go downtown. But okay, yeah, but yeah. How much of it goes along the coast and the way north? Almost all of it. Oh, that's amazing. And your feet from the water. I mean, you know, you've driven up the one hundred one yeah. here. The one hundred one's pretty close. It's closer. Wow. Yeah. What, what's that cost? Forty bucks each way. Yeah, that's awesome. Do they have cars on that where like you get a room if you really wanted? 
I don't know if you can get a room. There's like a business class, which I was accidentally sitting in for a while. And the guy was like, you're in business class. I was like, I didn't know. I thought this was just like what a train looks like. And then he's like, you got to move to the next car down. And I moved the next car down and it was a little less nice. And he was like, you're still in business class. I was like, dude, no one's in here. He's like, yeah, it's fine. You can stay, but don't drink the free coffee in the other car. And I was like, you think I want Amtrak coffee? That's I was funny. like, bro, I don't even drink K-cups. You think I'm going to drink train coffee? What am I, a hobo? Do I look like I have a bandana with all my stuff on it tied to a <laughs> stick? That's great. Right, me and the other hobos, like a coal all over our faces, drinking the Amtrak coffee. Like you leaped onto the train like yeah. a hobo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That's cool. All right, guys, that's our show. We'll be back in a few days. Have a great start to your week. Stay smart, stay safe, and most importantly, stay dirty.